I uh, have no beer, but I do have whiskey, so we could talk about that on the podcast. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. I'm kind of a Ron Swanson type. I you like bacon. Meat? I like bacon meat. I like to eat meat, and I'm Ron Swanson. Epic libertarian fail. Somebody freaking wife this lady already. Charlie Kirk has normal teeth. And Ben Shapiro is not an alien from Mars Attacks. You're going through some stuff, huh? I am. I'm having a good time at the RNC. Did you like all the weird women? Not weird women. That's that's really <laughs> Did mean. You, no, they're pretty weird women. They're all uh, tall fascists. I was about to. Uh, my real question was: Did you like all the women screaming at you yesterday? <laughs> Uh, did you like all the all the women screaming about how brown people are taking our freedom? I like the 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 point about Democrats want health care. You know why? Because they want <laughs> they want marijuana, marijuana, opioids, and dying with dignity. Because Which that last point, it's, it's perfect because I mean it, it's totally on brand. Because the one thing that Republicans categorically do not stand for is the ability for anyone to die with any kind of dignity. Yeah. All right, finishing up my dinner. If people can die in the most ignominious fashion, <laughs> ignom, ig, 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 egg, if someone can yeah. die and be turned into an egg. <laughs> when John McCain passed away, uh, Ben Shapiro was there to tweet out, you know, he shit himself when he died, right? Yeah, every time. They're, they're on the prowl. God hates deaths. <laughs> It is a sin against God to die. also a man a batman and welcome back to zero credits the show where we talk about things my name's henry and my name's captain john and together we're henry and captain john piloting you safely through the turbulent airs of the cultural zeitgeist uh captain john sounds like you might be doing a thing Yeah, so I remember uh, last week uh, at the inaugural uh, official Microsoft official flight simulator episode of Zero Credits, there might have been, I don't know, a slight snafu. We might have been stalled on the runway. That's really dangerous in the current, but that might have happened. But let me tell you, listeners, and least importantly, Henry... Thank we you. have an update. Oh, do, do, uh, you know, I've been sitting on this tarmac for about a week now. Um, yeah, that's what I've, it's called, the tarmac. I, I've eaten both of my shoes, unboiled, I might add. 
and like my mouth is very dry from so many packets of peanuts. Are you telling me that I'm finally going to go somewhere in this rust bucket? That's right. During this episode of Zero Credits, I have an instance of Microsoft Flight Simulator opened right now. Oh, wow. Where, where are we heading, oh, Captain, my captain? We are at 74% downloaded since this morning because I want to tell you that Microsoft Flight Simulator is a fucking technical nightmare in every sense of the word. It might be game of the year. We shouldn't talk about that part. But this game is fucking impossible Wait. to keep on your computer. Are you telling me, after downloading the game over the course of days, I might add, you are still downloading things? So what happened was I downloaded the game uh completely over the course of three and a half days now uh it is 190 something gigabytes which should not and did not take my computer three days to download that much information however uh it will hang and freeze and i've had a series of esoteric technical hiccups that have not been replicated anywhere else in the community that I've had to fix myself. And eventually I got Microsoft Flight Simulator loaded onto my hard drive and I was playing it and it was glorious. Problem solved, right? Yeah, so where are we heading today? Well, once it was installed on my computer, two things became apparent. Number one, Microsoft Flight Simulator requires a pretty powerful CPU uh, to pull down real-time air traffic data and uh, satellite data to populate the world. My computer was not good enough at that, and whenever I would load up a map, you would have to wait for about five minutes for everything to load in. And in addition, uh, it does not work well off of a traditional, especially older hard drive. I put it on like a physical like platter hard drive. It took like 10 minutes to load the game, plus the five or so minutes whenever I wanted to fly or do anything. So that's not good, right? Right. That seems like it would be a lot of delays at the uh, the gate there. So a a new CPU and a new heatsink fan cooling unit later... And a new solid-state hard drive later. Uh, Now a a significant monetary commitment to improving my computing environment. I decided to go through the Windows Store tool to move my installation of Microsoft Flight Simulator to my new solid-state drive. That sounds like it should be pretty easy enough to, to do. Turns out what happens when you do that is the installation of Flight Simulator appears to be 106 kilobits. Um, It transfers instantly. It makes your solid state drive that you just bought appear to be an encrypted folder that Windows sets up. So you need special permissions from system and trusted installer. So you have to end up formatting your new drive which is fine it didn't have anything on it anyway and then it makes your old 200 gigabyte installation of flight simulator totally inoperable cannot be re-downloaded because the thing that ended up moving over is like a license for digital ownership so it doesn't look like you own microsoft flight simulator anymore what (laughs) 
Yes. So that sounds insane. I am now re-downloading Microsoft Flight Simulator because I had to remove it manually from my hard drive, uh, remove it from my registry, and then I was able to download it, not through Xbox Games Pass, but through opening up the Microsoft Store, opening Microsoft Flight Simulator, acting like I was going to buy it, only selecting the Games Pass version of it under downloadable content, and forcing it to install through the Microsoft Store Android app because it would not work on my computer. Wow, so you're telling me it's going to be another uh, five minutes before we can take off? We're at 76%, so we should be in the skies anytime soon. Good, because, you know, so many salted peanuts, and they they did offer some in-flight drinks at first, uh, but they don't leave the full can. So it's just like little sips of, of Coke Zero that I'm getting like every so often. And they keep saying I could buy the rest of the can, but I don't have any cash on me. Oh, so you're on the Sips and Drips program. The Sips and Drips, buddy. Yeah, if, if you don't sign up for the airline's credit card, you have to do Sips and Drips. It's, it, you know, the credit card gets more and more appetizing the longer I stay on this plane, I have to say. You know, the interest rate, 50% seems a bit high, but just the ability to drink water would be nice. And so, you know, I'm really starting to consider it, I have to say. A lot of people have made it seem like stalling on the tarmac indefinitely is a marketing tactic. And I assure you, that would be dangerous and illegal. I'm on the tarmac for normal plane reasons. Right, and I understand. There's no way an airline would... I don't know, take advantage of anybody in this economic climate where they're doing fine? Airports are fine. Get the credit card. Right. And they say they'll, they'll waive the first, uh, you know, pay period for you. But, uh, you know, the fine prints is they charge you double. So I, I don't know about all that. Yeah, we, we waive the, the first payment in that it comes at you in waves. Uh, So your first payment is recurring. Whatever your first payment was, you must always pay it. That's that. Yeah, and and you guys are selling, you guys are selling canned drinks back here for you know it's a modest fee of ten dollars for a a twelve ounce can of of Coke Zero. So it it seems like that would be a lot. Yeah, you're right. Ten dollars per ounce. Yeah, luckily I uh, I I brought. Some beers with me on the plane. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. So I I think I'll be okay just for, you know, at at least the next hour or so. Uh, What are you drinking today? Well, John, I earlier tonight was found myself at an actual honest-to-goodness restaurant uh, slash bar. And uh, they happened to have one of my favorite beers on tap. I don't know if I've ever brought it up on the podcast before. Uh, but it's called a Pecan Porter by 512 Brewing Company. Uh, the bottle says Robust Porter Brewed with Organic Texas Pecans. And uh, I had one of those at the restaurant, and now I'm drinking a second one in my home. Oh, so uh, how's the how's the taste difference between draft and uh, in a can? No, it's in a, it's in a glass bottle. And uh, the, the thing about 
the draft version of this beer is that it's a little more like a, of a wider palate. It, it, uh, it's like a little more kind of watered down. Whereas in the bottle, it's just pure focused straight to the brain pecan taste from sip to stern bang pecan straight to the brain. Right. It's, it's nutty. I, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, on the other hand, uh, am not drinking beer because I don't know if you know this, but I've been on a long quest. And it's a noble one that I started long, long right. ago in yeah, the right. ages you're tr- of Sufferfest. Right, you're trying to, to, to fly a plane. Yes, I'm trying to fly a plane, but most importantly, I am trying to marry two... Uh, not uh, counterintuitive practices, which is the practice of overall holistic physical fitness and drinking. Uh, These two things have never been combined before, and I do not know why, because they don't have any interplay on each other whatsoever, as far as I can tell. Now, everyone knows about the Sufferfest beer that we tried once upon a time, that I tried once upon a time. A little watery... Uh, kind of a compromise, not great. I'm guessing you found something new on this quest. Yes. Sorry if I uh, stopped speaking there. Did I mention that Microsoft Flight Simulator is downloading in the background, and the installer has persistent background music uh, that has been playing this whole time? Wait, it um, has. Yes, it's. Incredible. Are you kidding me? Uh, the installer, as you keep it open for three days, constantly plays background music, and there is no way to turn it off. It's not even in my sound mixer. Oh my gosh. Oh I my gosh. Love it. Now, the problem with Sufferfest is you had one pretty watered-down beer uh, that tasted very thin and was about 105 calories. I don't know if you know what a calorie is, but it's a it's a unit... Of energy. Are you mansplaining calories to me right now? You want to eat as few calories as possible while still staying alive, is what I've come to understand calories (laughs) to mean. You have to eat a daily recommended amount. Yes, recommended as few as possible. That's not Uh, how it works. So I have, through rigorous research, have discovered uh, much like... Uh, our superfood scientists have discovered the baru nut of Brazil, acai, uh, cacao, various superfoods that the world largely has ignored. I've found uh, a substance known as uh, whiskey. Now, whiskey is 50% alcohol by volume, which, if you remember, is more than 10 times the amount of Sufferfest. However... One shot glass of whiskey only has about 100 calories in it. Do you see where the math is coming from? Right, it's five less calories. It's five less calories for way more alcohol. So I have a a whiskey glass of the bourbon that you would name if you were writing a script and you needed to name a bourbon that someone would drink if they hit rock bottom. That's right. I'm drinking a nice glass of Old Tub. <laughs> uh, Old Tub by Jim Beam, a, uh, a heritage bottled in bond, unfiltered bourbon whiskey. Let's just uh, give it a taste. It's um, very spicy. 
It's spicy and cinnamony. It's kind of hot. Pretty well-rounded, though. It's nice. I'm glad to hear. Yeah, whiskey does tend to have a little bit of spice to it. Yeah, especially an unfiltered whiskey, which gives it this kind of, like, salty... I'm not a whiskey person. I'm I'm definitely more of a beer person. Let me... I'm going to go back for an unprecedented second taster sip. Yeah, it's definitely, like, pretty spicy, cinnamony, syrupy, a little salty. That's weird. Is it straight forward? No, there's very little fruit. Uh, it's definitely oh. like uh, like thicker. It's it's definitely thicker than your typical whiskey. I guess because it's unfiltered. Whiskey snobs, uh, get at me. That Ulta be thick? Ulta be thick with 18 C's. Yeah, I like them thick. I like them thick and uh and juicy uh whiskey's delicious i'm really beered out to to escape from the bit i've been drinking way too much beer for the last who let's see six months yeah it's funny rewind the clock john uh to the start of 2020 this was the first year i had ever done a dry january and by all reports people are like yeah if you do it like a dry january you tend to drink less throughout the year uh, just because you're not used to drinking as much, you know, you get out of the habit. And then and then coronavirus hit, and now I feel like I've drank more this year in, like, five months than I might have done all of last year because of the ongoing stuff. So my my arc with drinking during the pandemic was, when it started, I really went off the deep end, and I drank a lot of whiskey and liquor um and that was not healthy it got to a point where i would like just take a shot at like noon at work because who cares uh and i recognized that that was unhealthy so i moved to beer my true passion uh and now i'm just thoroughly like beard out after a few months and what am i gonna do stop drinking no uh so now it's back to liquor but hopefully in more modest weighed out well-considered amounts. Yeah, the the thing about beers, you know, you can easily go through like two or three and not really feel the effects of it. But with liquor, liquor tends to hit harder. So, oh, yeah. You, you got to monitor that shit because if you drink too much liquor, if you drink too much beer, you wake up the next day, you might feel nauseous for like half the day. You drink too much liquor, you wake up the next day and you kind of want to die. Yeah, I hope I don't want to die tomorrow, but I measured it out. It's a certain number of milliliters. There's a certain amount of blood in my body. We'll be fine. My rule for any type of drinking is before you go to sleep, you drink like a full glass of water for each drink you had. Yeah, full glass of milk. (laughs) No. Oh, that would... Every, that would, every it's, oh. it's a classic adage. It's it's everyone's grandmother, grandfather uh, has told them the same thing. Whenever you drink to excess, it's it's a, it's like a nursery. Whenever you drink to excess, before you lay your head to sleep, a a firkin of milk and a pound of chicken you shall eat. Jesus, I don't know if I grew up in the same the same household as you, John. I'm sorry, if you think a firkin of warm, unpasteurized milk and a pound unpasteurized. and a pound of skinless boiled chicken won't cure a hangover, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, I didn't grow up on a farm in the middle of Eastern Europe. 
Okay, yeah, that that would actually make a lot of sense that you wouldn't have heard that. Yeah, no, my hangover cure is uh, not drinking the night before. And chicken. A, a pound of skinless boiled chicken. <laughs> <A> p- <laughs> boiled chicken? Yeah, it's important that you boil it with the skin on and then oh. remove the skin afterwards. Everything you're saying just sounds gross. No. <laughs> yes. Anyway, enough drink talk. Right, so we're flying a plane. Well, I guess we're not flying a plane. We're on the tarmac, uh, you know, having our, our, our pre-flight celebratory drinks. And, uh, oh, what, what's that? What's that ahead, John? What What is that ahead? Oh, that's, that's, uh, the, uh, that's, uh, Washington, D.C. Monument. That's right, the D.C. Monument. <laughs> That's right. That's what it's called. Apparently, in Flight Simulator, was skinned to look like an apartment building because uh, they didn't model anything. Anyway, it was so Microsoft Flight Simulator. Another flight simulator aside. So what they do is they um, they composite like satellite images plus street level images plus topography information to create like a a rough map. Of the U.S. For the most part, when you're up in a plane, it looks exactly like it. Like, I flew around Austin. I saw the Frost Building. I saw the Google Tower. Uh, looks very convincing. However, certain monuments and things that they their algorithm fails to composite between the topography data and the the street level data, they're like, well, how tall is is this building? What is it probably? Oh, is it the Washington Monument? It's probably an apartment building. Uh, So the sides of it are just covered in like windows. Oh, that's very interesting. Maybe they were giving an homage to the DC Fandom event that happened this past weekend uh, virtually. So like a lot of people were just in their apartments watching the, the great event go on. Yeah, DC and apartment together for the first time. Right. Normally, for all of your DC ventures, you know, you're out on the street, comic book in hand, sitting in an alleyway next to the trash can, scratching at your veins, saying, I just got to get more Batman. Just give me more Batman, please. But in this rare. Got to get the Batman, like in me. At all costs. But this rare occasion, DC was like, oh, we'll bring the content to you via online digital event word. Yeah. Online digital event word. And uh, so it happened this past weekend, John. It ran for a full 24 hours, a full 24 hours of content, a full 24 hours the f- uh, of all original, co- a full 24 20- Eight hours of original content and then 16 hours of, of encores. A full 24 hours. DC Fandome, or as I like to call it, Day Zero of the RNC. Right, Day Zero of the RNC. That's a joke that I don't get, but repeated wholesale. And a lot of things were announced, John. A lot of things to be excited about. Um, were you about to say something? Oh, hit me with them. I will hit you with the highlights. So I'm going to skip all the video game stuff uh, because we don't need to talk about that stuff. Uh, the big highlights, John, the big highlights. Um, all right, let's just get cut the bullshit. Get right down to it. 
John, they finally announced the details for Zack Schneider's Schneider cut of the Justice League. Uh, get the fuck out of town. I fucking won't, you piece of shit. You this, fucker. You asshole. They finally... They slow, finally motion, slow motion bullet bounces off the ground. As someone says, fuck. <laughs> Pearls are going in every direction. <laughs> they're finally doing it, John. They're fi- they're, they released all the details. We know now for a fact that Zack Schneider's Justice League cut of the Schneider cut is going to be four one-hour parts. Oh, my God. A full miniseries, John. This one movie is going to be shown in four parts. Each part is going to have more of the Zack Schneider content we know and love. We're talking deleted scenes that were cut from the original. We're talking digitally restored graphics of of things that he wanted to put in the movie. He even said, and I quote, we might see the flash do something we've never seen him do before. And and like, these are all just great selling points on a, on what is no doubt going to be the, the hit, the hit movie event of 2021. I can think of a lot of things I haven't seen the flash do before his taxes. Uh, we've never seen him go to the bathroom. Never seen him go to the bathroom, but I bet's real quick. I've, I've never seen him personally go very slow. Never seen him go very slow. Never seen him uh, eat uh, chicken parm. Right, right. He, 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 I've never seen that. I've never seen him attend like a cruelty-free uh, demonstration against uh, factory farming. I've never seen him sing in a church choir. I think what we're getting at is these are all potential things that we could see The Flash do and Zack Schneider's The Schneider Cut. Um, a lot of the media, for whatever reason, like they, Zack Schneider said that, that one sentence about we're going to see The Flash do something I don't think we've ever seen before. And the media immediately jumped for some reason to time travel, something oh, The Flash okay. does in nearly every single story <laughs> he's in. Listen, hold on. He said that he said we're going to see the Flash do something we've never seen him do before. What could that be? Number one, time travel. Number two, vibrate the atoms in his body so fast he can pass through a door. Two things we have never seen the Flash do. This yeah. is Vice News. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, I'm just out here for BuzzFeed. Zack Schneider said. We're going to see the Flash do something he's never, we've never seen before. I, I reporter for BuzzFeed here. I think it would be really cool if the Flash ran really fast. We are going to see Green Lantern do something green, we have never seen Green Lantern do before. He is going to create objects out of a green beam of light from a, a ring and try to solve a problem in a non-lethal manner. Uh, he says he's taken Superman to new heights. I, for one, just as just a local Vulture reporter, I don't know if Vultures is something I made up or if it's a real magazine. Uh, I just think he's got, you know, he might be faster than a speeding bullet. He might actually just fly to a height we have not seen him fly <laughs> to before. 
so so John, this news, this this news, uh, it's it's releasing in twenty twenty one. Schneider is said something like they're gonna try to work out distribution rights, so maybe people beyond HBO Max can experience it as well. But what this sets up for the future of this podcast, John, is we're going to have a real undertaking when this comes out because we've made some statements in the past. And what I am foreseeing, what I am going to posit to you right now in front of the fans and the various gods that we all pray to each night, including the the no god that no one prays to, is – we said we, we would do supplemental readings of Zack Schneider's Justice League. But what that really boils down to, John, is that we need to do a supplemental reading of the theatrical release of Justice League. Then we need to do a supplemental reading of the extended version of the theatrical release of Justice League. Then we need to do four individual installments for the four-part miniseries of Zack Schneider's cut for Justice League. And finally, we need to wrap that up because there is an option to watch all four parts as one movie. So we have to, the final installment is we have to sit through the four hour movie of Zack Schneider's Justice League and do a supplemental reading on that. So that's one, two, six, seven, a seven series, a seven installment series of supplemental readings for Zack Schneider's Justice League. If if only there was some point in the past where we could point to a to a large number of sequential supplemental readings during the summer being the breakout event of zero credits. You know, a, a lot of times when people propose such projects, they'll point to uh, the resume to show that they have the qualifications necessary to tackle that text. And uh, I'm just scratching my head here. I don't know if we've got anything quite like that. I mean, uncharted territory. Yeah. This is, this is going to be big for us. If, if nothing else, this will serve as maybe a cautionary tale for others. But I'm, I'm very excited to see what information we can glean out of watching the same story, the same movie, in ostensibly four different ways. I want to be clear that I understand what the plan is. So first we watch the theatrical cut of Zack Snyder presents... Well, no. First we watch the theatrical cut of Justice League. Correct. And then we watch... The extended version of the theatrical cut. version of the theatrical cut. And then we embark on Zack Snyder's... Correct. Justice League presented by Zack Snyder in four parts. And then, of course, the mega event. Right. The four hour long. I'm on board. Right. I There's no way that people stop listening to this podcast when we do this. There, There is absolutely no way. Uh, I'm going to propose a tagline now for the supplemental reading series. Right. Okay. Red sky at night. Red, red sky. Hold on. Hold on. Right. Right. Red sky at night. Sailor's warning. Right. Right. Clear, clear sky at morning. Zack Snyder be horny. All right. That seems like kind of long for a tagline. I don't know if you're open the notes. 
Uh, uh, seems I'm not. Just... I'm not. To be clear, I'm not open to notes <laughs> of this time. Well, well, then I'm just saying this for my own benefit. You know, just from a first pass standpoint, seems a little overlong. Uh, and but that's a shame that you're not open to notes because that's it now, baby. That's it. That's it. Red sky at ni- what was it? Red sky at night. Red sky night. Sailor's warning. Clear sky at morning. <laughs> Zack Schneider's horny. That's right. It rhymes three times. <laughs> in morning, odd, morning, in morning. <laughs> they're not in rhymes. They're just kind of strung about. Yeah. The, once again, I'm not open to notes. I cannot emphasize that more clearly. Um, okay. Okay. I'll back off. I'll back off. Uh, but that's what it is. It's not like this is what I do for a living, but it's okay. You're not open to notes, and I understand that. Yeah, I want to make it clear. Number one, not open to notes. Number two, what I just said is what it is. <laughs> right, right. I, and I, I am agreeing with you because we are partners in this endeavor. And why why else? Why else? What what else could I want? Uh, so the thing... In the future, I'll be open to notes. All right. Well, let me keep me posted. <laughs> The thing is, so the, the, the Zack Schneider cut of the film won't be out until sometime in 2021. It's not specified. Um, so we've got some time to, like, plan. We still have to do the Better Luck Tomorrow <laughs> supplemental yes, we, reading. The, the, we, it's important to note that we do have three supplemental readings in the chamber. We have to Wait. do Better Luck Tomorrow. We have to do F9. And then, of course, we have, to do, we have to do F9. Uh, when it comes out, and we also have to do one for all the Gina Carano episodes of The Mandalorian. Right. What? Okay. Yeah, we have to do one for only the two or three episodes that Gina Carano is featured prominently in, uh, because of course that's part of the Fast and Furious canon. I don't want to. I don't want to commit to that. Actually. Okay. Uh, I do. Yeah, let's interrupt the train of thought right here because there is kind of some late breaking news that we might have glossed over as did the rest of the world. John, when we made that blood oath to review the Fast and Furious saga and all its parts and pieces, we said in every iteration, in every installment, we would do a supplemental reading on. Yes. Is that correct? Even, even going as far to travel <laughs> to Florida to stand in line for Fast and Furious supercharged the very underwhelming ride at Universal Studios, our commitment to this bit knows absolutely no bounds. Also, we did Spy Racers. <laughs> oh, what, oh, God. I forgot we had done Spy Racers. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I hate to be the bearer of any sort of news, but John, we've got work to do. No. Uh, the Fast and Furious... Uh, series, the epic epic American piece of Americana film. Uh, it has a video game that is recently released. Wait, no. How did, how did I not know about this? Fast and Furious Crossroads, John. Look it up. It's an actual game. Um, I saw that reviews were out for it, so I assumed it came out. But we, we, we are honor bound and, and blood, blood promised to, to play it. Oh my god, it's got a 35% on Metacritic. Um, so apparently yeah, apparently it's out, 
because there's there's a lot of reviews. It came out August seventh, so we 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 kind of slipped under the radar. Um, but we we have to find a way to play it and review it for our supplemental reading series. Wow, it's sixty dollars. I saw that, so maybe we wait. I, I'm I've always been a patient gamer. Yeah, uh, maybe we wait for the price to drop. With these reviews, uh, it does not seem like it's going to take long for it to drop. But yeah, so that's another that that's the third supplemental reading you can that that are in the chamber. Fast yes. nine. So Better. just to make it clear, going into twenty twenty one, we have nine. 10 supplemental readings. No, we'll do Better Luck tomorrow this year. And we might right. even do Fast and Furious Crossroads this year, depending on how sales work. We've got I'm, a full plate. It's almost like we need to start a whole second podcast. Almost. I feel uh, like that she, would be a marketable product if we took what we had. Right. It's just, you know, put it behind a paywall. I don't know. Yeah, $15 a minute. <laughs> might be too much might be a discussion for off air uh but not that's open, just a little not, not open to notes okay uh <laughs> well then uh moving on back to the dc fandom event so that was zach schneider's justice league really big really big uh really big stuff happening there also really big from another director who's getting another shot or a movie franchise that's getting another shot the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, made an announcement, not of like a trailer or anything, just an announcement of its cast list. Oh, uh, I thought the cast list was like pretty well known. Am I wrong? Uh, you are wrong. Will and Smith. Doubt- no, he's not in it. Oh my God. Wait, uh, it's got to be. Oh no, what's her name? Margot Robbie. She's definitely in it. Yes, Margot Robbie is returning as Harley Quinn, reprising the role that she originated with the first Suicide Squad movie. Do not get confused. This movie is called The Suicide Squad. Yes, it is important to note that Margot Robbie, the first, I believe, case in the superhero movie canon of a metatextual, uh, a survivor of a metatextual death, uh, so really breaking new ground as a character. Right. You, any other guesses as to who's in this movie? Um, Killer Mike. <laughs> no. No, not one of the front men of Run the Jewels. Hold on, I'm going to guess. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen. No. This oh, is, God. You're not going to do too well. Vince Vaughn. <laughs> God, did you see the first movie by any chance? I did see the first movie. Wait, Captain Boomerang. Don't know anyone who... Ah, Hugh Jackman, Captain Boomerang. No. Um, Who would play Deadshot? Who's a good... uh, I could just read the list for you. No, I got two more. Um, Who else was in that? Killer Croc? No. Killer Croc's not in it? He's not in the Suicide Squad. He was in Suicide Squad. But he wanted B.E.T. in his sewer cell. Because they decided... To make a giant crocodile man and be racist in his portrayal. Yeah, he's not in it. Is Skull Guy in it? Who's Skull Guy? Fire Skull Guy. No, he's not in it. Oh my god, who's in it then? Alright, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. Jean I knew it. Co- 
Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang, who's reprising his role, originated in Suicide Squad. Oh, the second jo- metatextual survivor story. There's more. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, who originated the, the role in Suicide Squad. All right. So that's that was three metacontextual deaths survived. We also have Viola Davis coming back as Amanda Waller. So that's four. And probably the end. That's the end of the metal metacontextualized death survived. I gotta uh, say, but, if you're one of the people who who didn't, who is not a metatextual death survivor, got a sting because they brought back a decent number of people for this. Well, I think uh, Will Smith had some creative differences, or he wanted too much money, or something, so he didn't come back because he was attached for like I feel like a few of them were attached for a while, but then slowly became detached over time. So now we got all newcomers, John. We got John Cena as Peacemaker. Uh, what? 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 You mean Dominic Toretto's brother is in... This is... Yeah. Henry, I've got bad news. Yeah. Henry, what? I've got bad news. We both died and we're in heaven. Uh, we're keep. we going to keep going. Pete Davidson from SNL oh. is some... Somebody named Blackguard. I have no idea who Blackguard is. Michael Rooker. What? Yes, I loved him. Is Savant. Oh my god, I was such a big Michael Rooker fan. Uh, His career really turned around for me when he played... um, God, what's his name? What's... Yondu? No, the racist guy from The Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know who that is. No, uh, Merle. Uh, absolutely not Merle. Yes, yeah. Uh, anyway. Fans fans of comics will know that Michael Rooker worked previously with James Gunn on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy as Yondu, the blue alien with red hair. Also from Guardians of the Galaxy, Sean Gunn is coming in to play a CGI character named Weasel that has been in my nightmares ever since I've seen it. Oh no, I, I have to look this up. It is it is frightening, John. I am preparing you. Suicide Squad Weasel? Yeah. Uh-oh, oh. this, isn't, this isn't looking good. Oh, boy. Y- right? Yikes. That that's, that's Sean Gunn. Uh, that's cool. That's cool yeah. that they made it disgusting. All right, we're going to keep going because uh, we got a lot to get through. Idris Elba is somebody named Bloodsport. Bloodsport sounds really familiar. I don't know him from Adam. Um, uh, Black Adam from the. DC? We're gonna get to that later. Right? We're gonna get to that later. No, uh, do not tell me the no. Shut. We're up. gonna get to that later. Peter Capaldi is the thinker. Okay, I like Peter David, Capaldi. He's a really fun guy. Uh, I got, we got a lot to get through, John. I'm just gonna keep reading from the list. There's way too many people in this fucking movie. David Dasmalchian is Polka Dot, Polka Dot Man. Uh, do, do you know him? Uh, no. All right, well, well, we got a lot of lists to get through, so I'm just going to keep going real quick. Uh, Daniela Melchior is Ratcatcher 2. Wait, is this a is this a fake made-up list? Absolutely not, John. And I, please keep your questions for the end. We have a lot of names to get through. <laughs> okay. Uh, Flula Borg is somebody named Javelin. I love Flula Borg. Name one other thing Flula Borg's been in. Um, we really don't have time. I have a lot of lists to get through. 
Uh, Nathan Fillion is somebody named TDK, but I will pause. Do you know who TDK is? I have no idea who TDK is. TDK is a character called the Detachable Kid, a metahuman with the ability to detach his limbs to beat people with. I, I want to be perfectly clear that it, it sounds like they're just giving jobs to actors that I like and have not seen in things in a while. Yeah, I'm. this cast list is pretty amazing. Uh, we, we still have a little bit more to get through. Okay. Uh, Lee, May, okay, how do you pronounce NG as a last name? NG? Yeah. Oh, that's tough because if it's... Like it's... It's not like I know you win. I know you, it's not like when. I have no right. idea. Yeah, so I, I apologize to this actress. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Mei Ling NG is Mongal. Oh, just NG? Yeah. I think you just say Ing. Okay. Or Mei Ling Ing. Sure. Is Mongal. Like okay. Mongol, but Gal. Okay, cool. And finally, the last person announced in this cast list, but not the last character announced, Alice Braga is Sol... Oh, Sol... Soria. I don't know that character. Do not know that character. One other character was announced, and I'm actually pretty happy about this, with no actor attached, bizarrely enough. Uh, The character's name is King Shark. Okay. And King Shark seems to be taking the internet by storm because he seems to be like an affable shark man who smiles at the camera and waves. One thing to note, while King Shark is not attached to a character, Taika Waititi's name is attached to the movie. Oh, please. People are speculating that he might be playing King Shark. I would love it. Wasn't Uh, King Shark in the Flash TV show for a second? I'm not sure about the Flash TV show. He does make an appearance in the animated show Harley Quinn, where he is played by Ron Funches, and that is one of the best characters in that show. Okay, noted. I love Ron Funches. Right. And uh, check out Harley Quinn if you ever if you have HBO Max or D- DC Universe. It is very good. Uh, that's I, just I that's keep separate. That I very much enjoyed it. Isn't so Rahul Coley on that? <laughs> Yes, he plays Scarecrow in like three episodes. Nice. So that's two pretty big movie announcements. Uh, Also, you know, they had the trailer for the Wonder Woman 1984 movie coming out soon. And they had a panel dedicated to that. Uh, There wasn't really much news attached other than a trailer. So the reason why I'm not talking about it is because it's a trailer and I don't watch trailers. For similar reasons, I will not be talking about the Batman because that was just a trailer and I do not watch trailers. So I have nothing to talk about there. But what I do have for you tonight, John, the final little bit of DC news coming out of DC fandom, Dwayne, the rock Johnson headed oh, a no. panel. Oh, he no. headed a I panel. This John. Is going. He headed a panel for a certain movie, a movie that he's been trying to make since 2014, black Adam. Oh my God. And as a part of this this movie, which is still like they showed a concept video, a teaser of what they want to make. There's no actual movie in the works yet, but Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson made a lot of promises, one of them being 
they're going this this story that they want to tell involves the Justice Society of America, the JSA, the JSA. The JSA has never appeared on the silver screen in any form or fashion. And then he went not only to say that he wanted to feature the JSA, but he name dropped heroes. He name dropped people like Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Cyclone, and Atom Smasher. I'm not familiar with any of them. Now, those of you real heads will know that Dr. Fate is one of the best heroes in DC who is constantly outshined by everyone else just because his powers rely on magic and magic in DC on the silver screen for whatever reason never really gels. Come on, Shazam! Yes, Shazam's a foray into the magical realm. Absolutely, it works. And we're in a post-Doctor Strange Marvel Cinematic Universe movie world, so maybe we can get into more of the magic side. Maybe we can have your Black Adams and your Doctor Fates and your Zantanas. Maybe. I will put this out there, and it's a very controversial take, uh, and I am open to notes on it. I know that Dwayne Johnson has been shopping around the idea of a Black Adam movie for a long time. I don't know that I love him as Black Adam. Physically, yes, he is, like, perfect. He, like, that is 100% just what Black Adam looks like. Uh, But Black Adam is mean. Like, (laughs) mean, mean. It is a little disconcerting because the write-ups about Black Adam, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is quoted as saying, I love that he's an anti-hero when... He tore a dude in half in 52 over a crowd of people. He he really he really is a villain in 52, which is one of my favorite, I'll be honest, one of my favorite comic runs of all time. Um and like that's my experience with Black Adam, is like he's a villain. He's straight up a bad guy. He is not not a hero. And Dwayne the Rock Johnson, as much as I love him as an actor, is he gonna turn Black Adam into like the people's champion? lovable man who has the same powers as Shazam or is he going to bring the dark edge that that Black Adam is known for having it, it's up it's who's to you know it's up to see I just want to do we see Dwayne the Rock Johnson being able to embody Black Adam a character who if you're saying he's an anti-hero how come he's belonged to both the injustice league and the monster society of evil he's just misunderstood <laughs> i i i don't know like i said physically i think he's 100% there i don't know that i've ever seen uh dwayne johnson play like a an evil kind of calculating person i mean he's I want to say he's got range, but I don't know that I've ever seen Dwayne Johnson play anyone other than exactly who he is, except in Pain and Gain. He was really good in Pain and Gain. Did he play a bad guy? Uh, He played a a simpleton bodybuilder who accidentally kills Tony Shalhoub. Well, that sounds pretty funny. Yeah, Pain and Gain is a good movie. I would recommend people watch it. Mark Wahlberg and and Dwayne Johnson play dumb meatheads who horrifically murder someone accidentally. I mean, it sounds like it's rife for comedy. It's pretty good. I I don't know. It's kind of like when... I I, I don't know if people will believe Dwayne The Rock Johnson as a villain, you know? 
Don't they want to show up? They want to cheer for him. They want to root for him. But Black Adam is such a problematic character and his ideals and notions about, you know, those people with power using that power to make the powerful more powerful. And and Dwayne The Rock Johnson is such a people pleaser, not in a bad, not a derogatory way. He just happens to please people. It would be real interesting. I think the problem is that you can't make... It's very difficult to, in the current environment, make a movie about a villain and not make that movie uh, sympathetic to a villain to the point of portraying them as being right. And I think like the the most successful example of someone trying to do that is Joker. And then people still manage to say that that character was right anyway. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe the whole thing is fucked from the beginning. If you do a story of, like, Black Adam versus the JSA, that might be interesting. Yeah, make it a JSA movie and then clearly show that Black Adam is not cool. Right, and he's the villain, or, like, he goes too far in his beliefs, and maybe he learns to be a little bit better. Like, it has to be set kind of in the past, and then you bring in Superman for him to fight. (laughs) Yes. Because you gotta, I mean, if you're if you're gonna do Black Adam, you gotta have him fight Superman, right? I uh, I'm very interested in. I've this is to break kayfabe. This is the most excited I've been about the DC Cinematic Universe in my entire life. Well, I just wish we got a little more a little more momentum behind it because you know with WB these days, every time a new person takes over the movie division. They cancel a couple of projects that never made it to production and they greenlight a couple of more projects that have, you know, that want to go to production and then somebody else takes over and they cancel a couple of products that never made it to project. Like it's, it's a cycle of people canceling projects that aren't in production and greenlighting more projects that never get to production. So like I wish Dwayne the rock, the rock Johnson, all like the, 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 the luck in the world at getting this made the fact that it was on the docket for the DC fandom is a good sign. And hopefully that points to they're they're taking this seriously this time and they're not just stringing them along for another couple of years as they've done for six now. I just want to see like a trailer before I commit to any hype. I do want to say one thing though, and this is why I'm so excited about the DC Cinematic Universe, regardless uh, of whether or not any of this comes to fruition. Uh, We don't have time to talk about it, but we don't need much time to talk about it. You and I both agree that Avengers Endgame was when Marvel movies ended, right? They are over. There is no need to do any more. Yeah, anything that comes after this is like a, a, a simulation of what came before. It ended in pretty much a perfect way. That movie does have some problems, as does its predecessor in pretty much all of the movies, other than Captain America Winter Soldier, which is perfect. Um... But they're over, and they're going to continue to make them, and there will be, like, WandaVision or whatever. But I want to be clear that I am officially a DC Movies guy, because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is over. Our memories with that have flourished uh, and died, and they lived a long and happy life. Now, why am I moving to DC, you wonder? Let me tell you. Have you heard of a little movie called The New Mutants? I have. It's 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 a movie that I saw a trailer for, John, what feels like years ago. 
And I know for a fact it's coming out in theaters on Friday, but the fact that that's happening feels more like a fever dream than a fact. Yes. So the New Mutants was a somewhat interesting premise because they wanted to create a, like, I guess, action horror superhero movie. And it was ostensibly supposed to be the last movie in the existing X-Men canon. Because it it's a Disney thing, but it was going to exist within the X-Men canon, and it was supposed to be the last one. Um, and the X-Men canon is uh, greater than 50% garbage, so whatever. But the reason why I'm moving to DC is this, being a Marvel property, under the uh, guidance of Disney. It is coming out, and do you know how reviewers are reviewing this movie, Henry? Let me tell you. Typically, they will receive a screener uh, or a pre-release, and they will watch the movie well in advance of audiences, and then they will give their review of the movie, uh, typically on the day it releases or a few days early, to uh, to drum up uh, pe- to, to get butts in seats. Uh, however, what Disney is doing for the New Mutants is that if you are a reviewer and you want to see the movie, no screener, uh, no early access to the movie whatsoever. You have to go to the theater and buy a ticket. Typically what this means or what this has meant in the past is you are trying to bury the movie so the reviewers have to buy a ticket so you are cutting down on the number of people who are going to review your movie in the first place because you're anticipating it will most likely get negative reviews. Uh, And you are also making it so the reviews come out after the majority of people have probably seen it. However, in the current environment, if you're forcing reviewers to buy a ticket and see it physically in theaters, rather than burying the movie so reviewers can't see it, you are trying to bury the reviewers by killing them. Right. Uh, Super duper not cool. I cannot make it clear enough how much I hate that as a business decision. And I don't know if the like Disney machine is just saying, yeah, it's probably going to get bad reviews. So, you know, business as usual, but they're openly and flagrantly saying yes, to see the new mutants, you've got to go to a theater. Even if you're a reviewer, yes, we want the maximum number of physical people in a physical theater to see this movie. We talked Last week, about how paying $30 for Mulan seemed unethical, this is genuinely unethical. Yeah, no. The the fact that they've been... This movie has been done, and I want to stress this for fans, this movie's been done for a while. They have been teasing its release for before coronavirus. It felt like half a year. Yeah, they had a shitty trailer where they played a... They they did the thing that trailers did like eight years ago where they did like a down-tempo acoustic female vocal version of an 80s pop song. In this case, Pink Floyd's uh, Another Brick in the Wall. Right. Uh, So, you know, real, real quality stuff. And they... Like, the release date was just being strung along and strung along. The new story became more like, are we ever really going to see this movie and a lot of people, a lot of people in the uh, the industry of like re- reviewing movies is like, no, they're they're going to bury it, like you said. And the fact that they're releasing it now as a physical release in theaters to, to get people in the theater again is such a slap in the face when they have they have shown 
that they can release things on their digital platforms and charge a premium for them. The and fact in that, fact, they are choosing to do so after yeah. the New Mutants comes out. Right, right. They're going to do that. The fact that they're doing New Mutants as a physical in-theaters release, to so you have to risk getting sick and dying to see it, you're absolutely right. There's no justification for it. It is a complete dump. It is like that David Copperfield movie that is also coming out on Friday. Uh, which they, David Copperfield, I believe, also requires reviewers to be in theater to see. Right. The fact that they're doing all of this as a way, like in their minds, I guess they're like, we're protecting the, uh, the, the, the movie going experience. We want to justify theaters being in business and we got to support our brothers in the theater uh, industry, blah, blah, blah. But what it really, what they're really saying is we don't care if people live or die to see this movie. It is. I mean, there have been a number of really shitty things corporations have done to people during the pandemic that I hope no one forgets. But what Disney is doing and what movie, what companies are doing by putting movies in theaters right now, it's like top 10. Uh, I I don't want to undersell how amoral, how immoral this decision is, because I guarantee you that at some level on the back end for Disney... The release of Mulan in digital, uh, it's really disgusting to even say. The release of Mulan digital for $30 versus the release of New Mutants in theaters physically is probably a calculus on their end saying, well, Mulan's going to do really big numbers and we don't want to be the company that caused tons of people to flock to theaters and get the coronavirus. But if we do this experiment with New Mutants... And like a small to medium-sized number of people go through, that's probably an acceptable number of deaths for our investment in this pretty uninspired movie that is the last in a long line of movies whose success is largely credited to a pedophile. <laughs> oh, no. That, yeah, at the end of that sentence, it's hard to swallow. It's um, it's unbelievable. It's unconscionable. It's when I when I yeah. read that they wouldn't even give reviewers screeners, which means they're trying to guarantee as many people as possible end up in the theater, even though they know it's probably not going to review well. It's totally disgusting. It you should be enraged if you're <laughs> listening to this. Well, the, the and the really sad part is New Mutants. As a movie, looks okay. It looks dope. That sword it, lady, great. Yeah, it's got the, uh, I, you know, oh man, this is going to be a minefield of names I could not remember. Macy Williams. Uh-huh. Anna DeJoy? Sure. Is Florence Pugh in it? No. No, it's Anna DeJoy. Similar face. Sure. Those are the two names I know. It's got two good actresses in it, like that are up and coming, and they're playing their mutants that that don't get screen time. Magic, and that's the only one I know. Like it's so it's new. It's new. I don't know the story of a superhero story movie that is coming to theaters. That is exciting in of itself. Because, you know, you see Batman, you're like, okay, I know Batman. I've yeah, seen you're like, Batman. pearls, they scatter everywhere, Batman. a gun fires. A, right, I know Batman. Even with the news that Matt Reeves is like, oh, it's going to be year two of Batman. It's like, 
okay, but that's just year one of extra steps. I know Batman. Yeah. And like, you know, Wonder Woman 1984, it's like, I don't care what they're doing. I'm going to see it. It's great. But this being like... I'm just saying, I read year one of Batman. I don't know how we got that Batmobile in year two, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, right, right. Is Lucius Fox on board? I don't know. But no, like this being a completely new story and a property I know, because I know X-Men. I know, like, yeah, X-Men. It's all, that they're, they got X-Gene. It's, that's cool. But I don't know these characters. I don't know this situation. I've never heard of this thing before. That's fun. I want to support new. I don't want to support stories I've seen before in a different skin. I mean, even with the shitty trailer for New Mutants, that was probably the single comic book thing that I was most excited about. Because I, I don't think, at least from the trailer, it seems like they very openly, not since... Oh, no. What was that? Oh, God. I'm totally blanking. The Spirit. No, not the... It's the FX show? Legion. Legion. Not since Legion did they really try to blend, like, mind-bending, weird horror stuff with superheroes. And I think that's a really cool combination that no one's really done. And New Mutants seem to lean heavily on this is a superhero horror story right this is this is superheroes surviving a horrible horrible thing this is them fighting back against like uh like an unknown maybe imagined evil which you haven't seen before and it looked really cool but i guarantee you after this decision i am not watching this movie if i have to pay money for it right no i i I cannot support it in any way I might so you know when it inevitably comes to Disney Plus, I'll give it a watch on the weekend. But I'm not going to the theater to watch it, and I'm definitely not giving Disney any extra money in order to watch it because of the reasons you've highlighted, and because it's just been kind of shitty overall during this pandemic, and just a bunch of ways that we can't really get into now. But absolutely, like I want to celebrate. People doing new things within the genre of superhero because Marvel, they cookie cuttered it after a while and it worked for them. But that's just one version of a of a superhero story. They don't all need to be like that. And, you know, Joker was Joker. But we need more contenders in the field. You know, we need more Logans. We need more the new mutants. We need kind of what the... The, sp- the, the vein of the spirit of what Brightburn was trying to do, but, like, better executed. I will always argue that Logan, in addition to being an excellent movie in pretty much every regard, uh, is the path forward for superhero movies. Like, Logan is uh, an indomitably smart movie because it figured out where superhero movies were going to end up. And it ended up being an epitaph for that kind of superhero movie way ahead of its time. Uh, if Logan right. had come out like two or three years later, people would, if Logan had come out post Endgame, it would be like game over. This is like the, a perfect summation of what the superhero movie movement was and is. Right. Um, Lo- Logan rules. But long live DC. Uh, fuck Marvel. My friendship with Marvel has ended. My friendship with DC has begun. Aquaman forever. And for what it's worth, uh, 
you know, the, traje- the trajectory of DC movies, the DC cinematic universe, if you want to call it that still, has been real shaky, but it seems like going forward, they're, they have a more solid foundation and that it seems like they are less trying to make a connected, interwoven series of movies, and they're just greenlighting single movies that will be good versions of themselves. So, like, you know, Wonder Woman 1984 may not be connected to the original Wonder Woman, may not even be connected to Justice League or anything like that, but it's going to be maybe a good Wonder Woman story. Matt Reeves' The Batman will certainly not be connected to the Justice League cinematic universe or whatever you want to call it, because there's a new person playing Batman, but it might be a good Batman story. Like, it it seems like they're less worried about making these interconnected, overly uh, bloated sort of uh, huge events, and, and they're more concentrating on what's the best story we can tell with the resources we have and the properties we have. So no MCU arch-level storytelling, but yes to maybe like a Chris Nolan super hyper-focused series based on these characters that are kind of big right now. I gotta say, like, the most the most Chad-level move. We, when Marvel movies were in their peak around, like, maybe Black Panther times, when it was really reaching ahead with the storytelling, we would look at DC... And we would look at their Aquamans and we would say, you fools, you didn't establish a convincing and lasting cinematic universe. Marvel under Kevin Feige. I don't know how to say it, but yeah, Feige, 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 uh, under Kevin. Uh, they, they did it. They fixed it. They, they made it work. They made this uh, beautiful, if flawed tapestry that the entire uh, world was spellbound by for more than a decade. You idiots, you losers, DC. How could you not follow suit? You failed so many times. And then after Endgame, when Marvel has run out of runway and they're desperately trying to figure out how to make this stuff keep mattering, DC's like, doesn't matter. We'll make a Harley Quinn movie. It's not canon. What's canon? Who cares? Only nerds care about canon. <laughs> like it's 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 it is the long con to at the end be like, yeah, we don't even care. Joker's like its own thing, right? You you think like Joker and like Batman, like that's a thing? It was never even a thing. The Bruce Wayne, the Joker, you don't even know that that's Batman. What are you What are you saying? What are comic books? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck Joker is. <laughs> I don't know who the, who Joker is. He's just some skinny dude who laughs a lot. Who cares, nerd? This guy's name was Arthur. Did you watch the movie? It's it's so cool that now at the end DC can be like, yeah, fuck it. Like uh, the yeah. Harley Quinn, uh, uh, Birds of Prey was like probably one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. And I think at this point I've seen all of them. And they've openly been like, yeah, that's not like a thing. <laughs> Like that that movie that was amazing. Uh, it's not really like you know whatever. It, it's crazy just because of how the timing worked out. Like Endgame happened last year at the height of normalcy, and it was a big event. And we all agreed, you know, Marvel movies are over. Like they did Spider Man Far From Home, and that was a good epilogue to that whole chapter. 
and they were they were going to be right on the precipice of like we're gonna we're gonna we got to hit hard in 2020 with reestablishing the new thing. Uh, we got this Black Widow movie, you know, it's going to be like even more like, hey, we're not done yet. And then COVID happened, and they didn't release that Black Widow movie, and now it's kind of like it's been so long. When normally we've got we've gotten three Marvel movies for the past how many ever years, all establishing the shared universe. It's been so long now. It's kind of like we joked saying that Marvel movies are over, but kind of I'm thinking like even like because of the delay, even with their Disney Plus content, like Marvel is kind of over. And now is the perfect time for DC to be like, how we had no plan all along. Matt Reeves is doing a Batman movie. The Flash movie is going to have two Batman in it. One's going to be Ben Affleck. One's going to be Michael Keaton. We don't know what the fuck we're doing, but it doesn't matter anymore because it shows plans are fucked. And we had no plans, so we're not fucked. (laughs) It's really like the... It's like if you're, it's like two kids, right? And one like has its life planned out before it. And like just before it goes to a really prestigious college, just like one mishap in its life happens. And then the kid who's just like breezing by and doing whatever like soars ahead because they never had a plan. It's, it's, it's such, it's such virgin Chad dichotomy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, Marvel's over here going like, you know, planning to fail is, or wait, failing to plan is planning to fail. And then over here, DC's like, you want to make God laugh? Make a plan. You know, all these stupid sayings that people have. A plan is just a list of things that don't happen. Right. And then Uh, there's someone, someone brainy's like, you know, the plans of mice and men often go awry. And that person... We launch in a catapult into a volcano. Yeah, that was a bright burn or whatever. Yeah, um, fuck you, bright burn. But I, I will say that it is. I never imagined we would get to a point where I'm, I would be able to say, "Yeah, DC's kind of killing it." DC's like, kind of killing it because their their plan fucking <laughs> sucked. The crazy thing, yeah, DC has been all over the map, and then they kind of like stopped having a plan, and that was the smartest thing they could do. Like you said, they just were like, "Hey, we got." We've got these great actors, these really popular actors. They were all in Game of Thrones, and uh, they're signed to multi-movie contracts because we're going to build this universe. What if we didn't build the universe and we just made the movies? Yeah, what if we tried desperately to make the universe and then we gave up, and it turns out giving up was the smartest thing you could have done. Uh, I will say, though, and this might be one of the last things we leave this podcast with, it is a dire prediction and if you know anything about me, I have Nostradamus-like predictions about the media. We're saying now that DC has filled the vacuum that Marvel left behind because of their overabundance of planning. I think that DC will fly too close to the sun. I think that DC will rest on its laurels. And then I think there is only one cinematic universe that can take over and become the one true cinematic universe years 2021 through 2030. It doesn't feel. (laughs) (laughs) No, do yours. I was just going to say, it doesn't feel right for me to talk at this point because I feel like you're hyping up what you were about to say. That's right, Henry. There's only one universe that can take over once everything is ash. The Dark Universe. The Dooku.
Holy shit. Universal has been planning for literal years the revival of the of the 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 dark you the 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 dooku the dooku ever since they released that trailer of the mummy that didn't have any music or sound effects except when that dude got sucked out of the play and goes ever since that (laughs) happened they've been waiting and planning they are poised to take over and let me just be the first to say let the games begin let the games motherfucking begin. I'm so yes, excited the, for, for, for Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> you know what's funny is that uh, before COVID, there was, a, and there still is, a Wolfman movie, like, planned. And that would happen. The fun, okay. The Dooku is, a, a, <laughs> it's a long list of things, uh, of movies that are supposed to be the start of the universe. And, of course, Tom Cruise's The Mummy with the no sound until the guy went, ah, uh, was supposed to be the start of that, uh, you know, a new dark universe. And then they did The Hollow Man, Invisible Man. And uh, that that did well. The Wolfman movie in production, slated for release, I, I thought maybe this year, was supposed to be another start of the dark universe, <laughs> cinematic universe. <laughs> Hey man, it's just like a chainsaw. You gotta pull that chain a few, you gotta pull you gotta pull it a few times, but then when it starts, nothing's gonna stand in its way. Dude, twenty twenty one. I'm calling right? my sh- twenty no twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one is the year of the Snyder Cut. Twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three is when the Dooku will reign supreme. Man, I look forward to it. I can't wait. Uh Charles Dance must be involved in some way, shape, or form. Or I'm walking, but uh, I just can't wait for those games to begin, baby. That's right. Uh, the Dooku will have both of its lightsabers up against the neck of the DC Cinematic Universe, the, the Dooku. Um, and then Chancellor Palpatine will be like, do it. I don't know that. Uh, that I am all this, Sith. <laughs> do it. I am. I am the evil. That's right. Uh, that's what he said. And I think with this dire prediction, that might bring us to the end of the podcast. That train's coming into the station. Uh, Speaking of trains, are we any closer to getting... I I was good for about an hour, and now I'm done with my drinks. Are we any closer to getting off this tarmac? Henry, I'm about to break your heart. 99%. Are you fucking... 99%. God damn it. I'm never making it to whatever destination I'm supposed to get to. I'm just going to say, if you read the social media plugs quickly enough, we know if you read them at the <laughs> appropriate, if you read them at the appropriate speed and amount of time, we might be at a hundred percent. We might be able to take off by the time you get mm-hmm. done reading the social media. All right. Well, if you want to contact us about your destinations that you want John to fly you to, you can send your ticket information to us on Twitter. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> At ZCPCWHA on Twitter.com. And that stands for John. That stands for Zulu Charlie. I did this last time. That stands for Zercraft Carecraft. Uh, Paracraft, Paracraft, Carecraft, Warecraft, Haircraft, Jaircraft.
Jaircraft, indeed. If you want to send us more of your itinerary for your entire trip, we would be happy to accommodate those if you email us to <laughs> email at zerocredits.net. That's right. We have our own domain name for some reason. There's no website. John, get on that. Uh, we could also find us on Spotify if you go to the podcast section of Spotify and search for zero credit, open parenthesis, close parenthesis. We're there, just like Taylor Swift's folklore. We're also on Apple Podcasts. That's the hit happening place for all podcasts. And the cool thing about Apple Podcasts is you can leave a rating and a review. If you want to help out the show in any way, shape, or form, you know, maybe draw up support for a second show where we only do supplemental readings. Uh, you can leave us a rating and a, and a review there and then uh, do that a couple hundred times and we'll do that what we said. But the most important thing you could do, you know, you could visit us on Facebook, but honestly, fuck that. You could like find us on Twitch, but we'll never stream again. You could uh, get a tattoo of the show or something that don't do that. Don't do that. The most important thing that you can do is just tell somebody else about it. That's right. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So all we want you to do is tell someone, anyone, the, you know, the Uber Eats guy as he runs away from your door after dropping your food off on your mat. You could tell it, scream at him, like, listen to zero credits. You could do that. Uh, the drive through person who gives you your food, just be like, hey, I, there's a podcast because you're – why are you closing the window? You can tell the person unloading groceries into the back of your car while you're doing the curbside pickup at the grocery store. They're not doing anything else. They're unloading bags into your trunk. Just be like, have the show on. your car. Have your car running. Have your phone connected to your speakers. Have the show on. Play it loud. Play a real funny part, right? When they put the the cans of, like, the mushed corn that you eat. You eat mushed corn. And you, they're putting those cans in your trunk. You play a real funny part of our podcast. They'll be like, hey, what are you listening to? You'll be like, zero credits, the only show ever. And they'll be like, what? I got to get on my phone right now and download it. That's a guarantee. You tell those three people, you got a real interesting relationship with food, by the way. Uh, and they'll tell all the people they're working with. And then we'll just have a direct connection to the workforce of America. And we can tell them it's time to rise up. That's the only way we can survive. And Henry, I'd like to give you a quick update. So, Flight Simulator needed to download 69.74 gigabytes to run during the podcast. And we are now at 69.98 gigabytes. That's right. It currently says that it's at 101% and is still downloading. My life is a nightmare. I don't understand technology anymore. Uh, take to the skies. Well, from everyone here at the Zero Credits Downloading in Air Traffic Control Tower Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, maybe next time. Maybe next time we'll fly, Henry.
you know, you, you can only give my hopes up so much. I'll just, just give you one. I'll give you one more chance, just like I give you the dark you uh, another shot. It's downloading FS based CGL 0.1.12. FS package 0.03.01. It's writing FS based CGL points here. It's downloading FS based 0. CGL point uh, FS package 0.03.01. 